Hey everyone, Sal here with a quick summary of today's episode. In this episode, I get to speak with my guest, Brandon Velasquez, who used to be an old teammate of mine when we used to run at Otay Ranch High School. Brandon now teaches biology to middle schoolers and actually got to teach me a little bit about his perspectives of life and running through this podcast. I hope you guys get to enjoy Brandon talking and explaining his whole idea about living, running, and his lifestyle. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and listeners, thank you very much for joining and listening to On the Run with Sal, the podcast where we correlate philosophy and running through a good conversation. And in every single one of my episodes, I have a guest. My guest today is... Brandon Velasquez. Brandon Velasquez, how you doing, bro? I'm doing pretty good. You're not tired from today's run? Not really. And I think that's the uh, that's the fun side. Like two weeks ago or last week when when you came up on a run, I was dead. God. Good three days. But, it, you know, sometimes people are like, what are results? And I'm like, well, I'm not tired after doing what I did two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So. No, you know what's funny is that I sent you the message the night before Going like, hey, 6.30 in the morning, 10 miles, right? He's like, yeah, 6.30 in the morning, 10 miles. But before that, you told me 10 to 12, and you said, and you kind of like guaranteed yourself that you were going to run 12 with, without a doubt. And then we ended up running 12 miles. So why would you force me to do a long run on a day I'm not supposed to be doing a long run? Well, I, I needed to get my long run in, and you said I wanted to go 10. And I knew on Monday I'm either going to do 10 or 12. Mm. And I decided to go 10 instead. And I knew coming in, it's like whatever o'clock at night. I'm like, mm, Sal's probably tired. He's probably out doing whatever he does late in the night. He's probably dressed up as Batman or something. And, I, you know, I'm going, hmm, if he says 10 at 6.30, if I said 12, he might be like, oh, man, I don't want to show up for that. It's already hard to get out the door as it is nowadays. So I'm like, okay, we'll go 10 and, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But my mindset was I'm going to get up. I'm going to go 12. And I'm just going to get my long run done and over because... Oh, every single time, man. That's the funniest thing ever. Every single time. Everybody knows that when they listen to my podcast, I always forget to turn off my ringer. Uh, and that's exactly how we break the fourth wall here on On the Run with Sal. Back into how you decided that you already planned on running 12 without my consultants. How... Well, I figured if I said we're going to go 12, you wouldn't show up, you know? You'd be like, oh, man, I'm a, I need my beauty sleep. I did need my beauty sleep. Nah, I'm not kidding. I'm just kidding. Oh, I did wake up. I woke up like at 5, 10 this morning or whatever, and then just started stretching and meditating and all that kind of stuff that helps me, you know, try to get something out of the day. So I was okay with it. We ended up running 12 miles this morning. I appreciate your invitation. For making me run 12 miles this morning and uh and i hope you appreciate the invitation of the mcdonald's i bought us before this interview hey man <laughs> i'm worth the dollar menu <laughs> dude you know that this is three dollars right what this is three dollars oh see you went for extra cheese in a patty no extra shut patty, up that was a... shut up i remember when this used to be a dollar okay i saw it and i said Wow, I really wish I could buy Brandon three burgers back in 2010 man. when they were worth a dollar. <laughs> man, back when I was your age, I was like, oh man, if only I had a job to pay for this stuff. <laughs> Jesus, man, I'd be like... 
I watched as that carne asada burrito from Lolita's go from three fifteen. Yeah. And I remember I'd show up with four dollars in my pocket, way back before dinosaurs roamed the earth. And I was like, here you go. And now it's like, oh, that's open. I don't even know how much it is. I just stopped going after a while. You know, the portion sizes became so so big. The flavor was great, but you know. I, I think now I just became a uh, Mexican food elitist where I don't go for a burrito unless it's forearm length and twice the forearm girth. Like, <laughs> that burrito is not that size. I'm, I'm not paying $14 for a burrito that's, you know, the size of my hand. It's just not going to happen. No, 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 I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. That's the funniest thing ever, man. Seriously. I have noticed all those changes about pricing and then the sizes and it's it's just... It's a little too ridiculous, but the beauty of the McDouble is that you do get two patties. The you beauty sure is of meat. McDouble, I don't even know if it's meat or not, but you know, it yeah. tastes like meat. I mean, even people who, even people who eat that Beyond Meat stuff says that it tastes like meat, and you can't tell. So this could have been Beyond Meat the whole time, mm -mm. <laughs> or just. <laughs> no, it ain't Beyond Meat, man. I've been <laughs> so. I've tried that Beyond Meat stuff, and mm. I, I, you know, I play games, and, and living with my girlfriend's been fun, so it's like, let's be vegetarian one day out of the week. Here, Meatless Mondays, I'm like, you know what? All right, let's try it out, because that sounds really ridiculous to do, and we're bored. <laughs> so here we are shopping, and then me being the, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of money, period, and, the, and it's sad, and it's, it's, it's a vicious cycle, because I don't like spending money, yet I love eating food, and the only way to eat food is to spend money. And I remember being in, in class, in economic class, and everyone's like, oh, I'm spending all my allowance on this nice car, nice clothes. And I looked at everyone and said, man, I'm going to be a homeless person in rags, you know, bare feet, walking around, bumming it in some bush somewhere in a park, <laughs> but I'm going to be eating flame mignon. Like, that's just <laughs> how it's going to roll, like, how I prioritized things back then. You would, especially with your, you know, uh, Boy Scout training and all that stuff. Oh. So you know how to live properly in the woods. I wouldn't say know? properly, but I think you know, I'd, you know, I'd be a little <laughs> bit better off than some people. And then one time we were on a bike ride for for scouts for the cycling merit badge, and we biked through a, a, a homeless encampment. And oh. I was very surprised at how organized they were with their own village, and how a lot of people actually built with wood and nails a tree tree houses. Like, they Damn. literally had, no joke, shantytown shacks. And I was like, oh, my God, they've evolved a <laughs> two-by-four technology. You know, me being, you know, 13 at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's where it's at. So, yeah, that Beyond Meat. The Beyond Meat, the hamburger stuff, it doesn't taste like anything. It's, it's literally, you know, the same processed food you're going to go eat somewhere else. Just you think you feel better about yourself because it's <laughs> made out of plants. I mean... You don't care where the plant came from. Yeah. I mean, you just you just know where it is. I mean, people eat mushrooms, and no one's like, oh, I don't know how mushrooms are made, but we all know how you make mushrooms, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like some people. You put them in the dark, and you feed them crap all the time. That's just <laughs> what's going to happen. Well, Matt, did you ever watch that uh, South Park episode where it's the it's the parody of There Will Be Blood? Uh, it's probably, one of the newer ones. Probably, I've seen all of them, but uh -huh. you're going to have to go into it and tell me, like, you know, I need my memory <clears throat> jogged. I so... The Burger King starts doing the Beyond Meat. Yeah, I'm a goo man. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm a goo man. I'm a goo there man. you go. I'm yeah. A goo man. <laughs> He's yep. a goo man. I'm a goo man. <laughs> ah, 
I I'm just, an oil man, or what does he say? Yeah, I am a goo man. And what I do is I make goo. And at the, <laughs> at the end, you know, I started thinking everyone is trying to fat shame me into... Carbon's saying... I'm oh, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what fat, I wanted to get at. Fat shaming me into eating eating a better and healthy lifestyle. But the whole reality is I didn't want to eat a healthy, healthy food and eat vegetables. I just want to eat processed food. And I realize now I'm eating the same processed food that you guys are eating. Thank you. And, you know, it's... They it's have to self They self reflect and shit, dude. Oh man, <laughs> it's not good, dude. Yeah, and and I totally and I totally got that. I mean, my favorite was um, my uncle when I was younger was trying to set me up with uh, with his friend's daughter, mm-hmm. and I, I remember talk going to the movies with her and and talking with her, and uh, she was going on and on about. Going on a cleanse. Um, I need to go on a body cleanse, and I'm starting to look at it. And she doesn't know me. How old were you? I think I was like 23 at the time. Okay. But it was a really funny introduction because you know I walked over and she goes, "Oh, you're a cross country runner." <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you'd be taller. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this is starting right off the bat. And then I'm like, oh, you know, he's like, "Yeah, we'll go to the movies. I'll invite him." And I go, "Oh, great. Going to a movie to meet someone for the first time." That's really how you get to know someone. You just both of you sit at a screen, shut up for two hours, and then at the end you say, was that a great movie or what? <laughs> God, and then you're just anticipating, okay, if they laugh at this, it must be okay. No, if they didn't laugh at that. And you know, you're just oh, awkward yeah. there, like, do I laugh at this? And then at, some, at that point, being 23, because, you know, I know everything in the world at that point. Yeah, yeah, I remember those days. I'm just going to laugh at whatever is funny to me, and, you know, if, that's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. But I remember afterwards, I'm going on a cleanse, and I'm just looking at this person. And I'm going. What movie did you guys watch? I, I for her to actually even... don't even remember. That's just that. Just you see the 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 issue was what was more memorable was I'm going on a cleanse, <laughs> and I'm there, fresh out of college, you know, with that physical education degree, going. Okay, I've hung out with all these uh, fitness people, and uh, these corporate fitness people, mm. and then taking all of my science classes for bio and human anatomy, and I'm like. What does your cleanse pertain? Because yeah. of course you're like, okay, let's keep the conversation. Now you're being going. the curious guy. Yeah, yeah. like oh, so tell me. You know, it's it's kind of like one of those uh, poker faces where you have all the cards and the other person's <laughs> gonna go ahead and explain everything, and you're like, huh, you've activated my trap card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so she keeps talking and talking about it, and I go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the reality is, okay, you're gonna cut all sugar from your diet. So me being the smart guy, it's. You know, the, the wise guy is, okay, are you cutting all simple carbs? I mean, we go into, you know, all these, you know, I'm going through, are you going through, uh, you're cutting out all fructose, sucrose, maltose? Are you going for uh, B-complex sugars, A-sugars? Because, I mean, if you just want a plant-based diet, you're just going to starve to death because you can't, your body can't process. Yeah, yeah. Process, you're not a termite. You still need... But, of course, you know, I'm going... I can't say in my mind, you know, my mind is having a conversation with itself while this person's talking, <laughs> so apparently I'm half listening going... I can't say these things. I don't know whether you're crazy or whether, you know, you truly believe this is going to help you. Like, my body just feels really so much better about itself. And I go, oh, God, you're probably one of those people that is going to turn vegan. And you're just going to lord it over someone. And then, you know, after that, in a couple of days of just hanging out with them, I go, okay, you seem like a really nice person. Probably not someone I would want to take home to my mom and say, hey, mom, I'm turning vegan. But, yeah. uh, you know it, you know, it was very interesting to see different different opinions on where people are doing what. And then it's funny now where no one listens to you because, you know, you don't know any better. 
But then Adam ruins everything, comes down and says, yes, the cleanse is a farce. And yeah. then everyone's like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. And yeah. you're like, so I just got to comb my hair a certain way and go on TV and everyone will listen to me. Oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how it is nowadays, right? It's how do you actually prove something that's real or that actually is scientifically proven? Right and for well, they've done a great media's done a great job, and people have done a great job thinking they're their own experts mm-hmm. going in and researching things. But the hilarious side is all the information is not censored or fact checked on the internet, so everyone is into the clickbait culture where you'll click on something, you'll read it, and you'll think immediately that it is fact. And then you see those little like placards on social media where it's like, "Did you know this, this, this?" in like three sentences. Yeah. And earlier in our run, we were always talking about people will only read things at least three lines, least three no lines, paragraphs, yeah. and that's it. it. Has to be bullet points. Mm-hmm. You know. And someone will see that, so I'll look at my, um, uh, I'll look at people who I consider not very well educated, but they're just family centric. So okay. They don't care about learning more things. They just care about being the kind of person that takes care of their family, regardless yeah. of learning what's out there. And they'll immediately jump on those kind of things. They're those bandwagon people of like they'll they'll be the ones. Oh, that I say, heard this, and it sounds like yeah. a, disagree with me. It sounds block me if you don't like it. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I'll see that, and I'm like, okay, there's this. And then I, it's fun to see the uh, older generations of my family, my you know, where they're all from these different parts of the United States, and you can see, I you know. One section, what they what they do, and then how they think, and then the other side of it being in California, where you're like, you know, I was never really exposed to the harsh realities that you have obviously witnessed, and that sucks, but I really don't know what it's like. Yeah. And then you, you go on from there, but God, Beyond Meat, man. We stopped going Beyond Meat because I could eat something else that had... That was, you know, obviously a little, maybe a little bit more fibrous for you. Uh, it yeah. wasn't the processed goo. And we just had a really bad link of sausage. Like, we ordered these Italian Beyond Meat sausages. It wasn't from Beyond Meat. It was from some other company. And we ate them. And I'm like, dude, not even marinara sauce could save the flavor. It oh, tasted God. like the smell of do- fresh dog food. That's, so you ever fed your dog, uh, you open it up, and yeah. the dry stuff... The canned stuff, not, right? not the can, the dry. Oh, the dry. The dry oh, okay. And it's yeah. like, whoosh, because yeah, it's yeah. fresh at the top. And that's what it tasted like. Yeah, you and get I'm the like, whiff of... And I'm ugh. like, this stuff tastes like dog food. And, I'm, and then immediately go, what is dog food? <laughs> and then I go, dog is this, this, this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's literally... I'm like... And then, it, then I went back. It's like 2000... It's like... Uh, what is it? 19, I think, 19, or 2000, I think, and I remember watching uh, The Projects with Eddie Murphy. It was an old claymation show. And I remember uh, I uh, Eddie Murphy plays as a superintendent for in a project okay. of his building. And he looks at the old woman, and the old woman um, who has no one, no one to take, no one take care of her yeah he's checking up on her and he's looking through like a hole in the wall he's supposed to fix with the door and he sees her eating a can of dog food oh what and he feels like so bad that this old (laughs) woman has no one to help her she probably you know can't do the groceries or anything on her own and she's eating dog food and he's talking to his wife about it but the reality of the situation was she liked eating dog food like that's just that's it was cheaper and she just loved eating dog food (laughs) And uh, I look at the Beyond Meat and situation of, I think I need to eat this because society dictates I eat this, 
And okay. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to, you know, do my part in helping the environment. Or they, they make subs, whatever excuse that helps them sleep at night to eat yeah, this kind yeah, of exactly. food. You should eat this because it's good for... It's good for you. Yeah. You know, I've been on a plant-based diet and I just feel so much better. And I go... I can't narc and say... I'm not going to be the guy that says you're wrong. Even though that's what cancel culture should t- dictate that I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... I will say, as long as you feel great and as long as you're committed to what you're doing, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with it because you get to be yourself. And if you show that Beyond Meat is in my, my table, I'll eat it because it's out of respect and I'm a big foodie when it comes yeah. to it. The dog food sausage, uh, <laughs> I'll probably give you some crap about it later, but I'll probably eat it in front of you just just for it and I'll probably go somewhere yeah. and vent and reflect later on it, but... Yeah, we stopped that, and then the the big thing now is uh, is uh, lentils. Yeah. So uh. lentils, but the the weird side is is the uh, or not the weird side. The fun side of you know, eating lentils is I have to watch out um, iron consumption. Yeah, yeah. So that that's the that's just the drawback. You don't so, want to overconsume iron. Yeah, then that's just that's just me. I'm a I'm an iron man, so I I have to basically donate blood every three four months six six months yeah in that time frame uh to make sure my iron levels don't get too high wow that's crazy yeah, yeah. and a lot of people actually don't <clears throat> most people get from, anemia yeah, exactly that's what i was gonna get at a lot of people actually do have anemia because they don't uh they don't add di- uh, iron to their diet on a consistent basis no. or just uh sufficient sufficient iron consumption because a lot of people don't eat beans or a lot of people don't eat um, they eat it at certain yeah. times and and going through this i uh, i remember i got a phone call and they wanted me in some study for people with hemochromatosis and what's that that's the uh it's it's a genetic uh it's a genetic ability or a disease but i call it a genetic ability that allows me to absorb iron more than a regular person oh wow so that's what happens so basically the um food goes in my gut gets absorbed in the lower intestine and mm. it's like oh iron and it will absorb twice the amount of iron that a regular person will oh. do. so you've got iron in your body and hemochromatosis yep okay so you have iron in your body and you get to use it um you know blood you know ferritin it, oxygen binds to it and your muscles are like oh i can breathe mm-hmm. the reality of the situation is you don't I don't get to use the excess amount. It's not yeah. like I'm a super, super breather. Instead, the body goes, oh, crap, I have all this iron. What do I do with it? And it stores it in your vital organs. Oh. Iron is more dense than the organ yeah. tissue. So over time, it basically erodes everything away like a cheese grater. And it basically just shreds you from the inside out. So it stores in your kidneys, your pancreas, your, your liver, and your brain. And um, it's... And I swear something was up because when I went in and, the you know, it took the doctor to basically say, hey, you need to take care of this. <laughs> okay, well, what do you what do you mean? Like, how often do I need to partake in this? And the guy goes, yeah, your ferritin level is like a thousand. A normal person would be between 70, 70. and 100 and something. Yeah. And I go... Well, it would have been really, really awesome if you had brought me here like five years ago and said, if you don't do this, you will die. And they go, well, <laughs> we're trying to be more... Uh, Optimistic. We're, about... uh, we're, we're, we're trying to get you to be more proactive in your own oh, diet. Shit. And I look at that guy and God, I just said, look, I went to school for my brain to do the following functions. 
you went to school so you can get paid to do the following functions, which is you to tell me when I'm screwing up for my health when I'm asking you these questions, whether you're being cynical about it, whether you're sarcasm, I don't care. You need to make sure the message comes to me to do this yeah. because the fact of the matter is the average person is going to be completely ignorant about their own health and it's practical medicine. I'm going to practice some things. Yeah. No. If this thing is going to end up killing me, tell me it's going to end up killing me and where do we move from there? Uh-huh. I'm not saying put fear into me. Yeah. But, you know, it's something where it's like this is how it affects the body. And once he said, you know, memory loss comes up. Uh-huh. And I go, you know, that makes a lot of sense because I forget. I, I was forgetting a lot of things. You know, uh-huh. short-term memory was, was shorting out. And then they put me on this. He goes, don't worry, man. I got you. I Don't worry about your diet. Yeah. Well, isn't that what we're supposed to do to lower iron? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to take that iron out of your body faster than you can absorb it. And I go, uh, okay. He goes, metaphorically speaking, I'm going to put you on a um, medical phlebotomy, which means every week you're going to go to the San Diego Blood Bank and you're going to donate a pint of blood. So for 13 weeks, I lost gallon and a quarter of blood holy shit so every week so i want you to imagine running at you're running and you're running I, you know it took me from august to november to get down to running 630s comfortably uh-huh. and then i got the first pint removed and they said no running for the for, for 24 hours and then you can ease in into it 630 became 645 and i'm like oh, okay that's cool 15 seconds i can live with that yeah pint number two Okay, I'm at, you know, seven, seven minutes. minutes. I'm not, I'm fine. Yeah. And it was 15 every pint until we got to the sixth pint. The That's sixth. the one you drink. The sixth <laughs> pint. My mile went from back 6.30 six weeks ago to 12 minutes. Holy shit. And I literally was like, I can't do this. And I just, I said, it's not fun to run anymore. Like, yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. like an old I, it feels like I should be in a walker, uh-huh. like, and every twelve minute and mile then, running, and then it, yeah, and I'm like, I can't do this. I'm trying to breathe. I can't. It literally feels like your heart is trying to squeeze, but it can't squeeze anything out. Yeah, and it was crazy when they would prick your finger to see what was there because I was deathly afraid <clears throat> of needles, and now I don't care anymore. Just go yeah. ahead and do everything, and it's fine. But they they first pricked my finger. And I figure this crimson red, like this McDonald's fry thing is going to come out. There's my blood. It was purple. It was so ionized. It had so much iron in it that saturated that it turned my blood purple. And then I went from purple to the crimson red that it it should be in 13 weeks. But I would go get it on Sunday. So that way I could come back to life by Wednesday to try and run. And then Saturday I'd usually have a really hard day where I'd go hard. And then... Sunday morning, I'd go hard again, knowing that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday would just be no running, completely dead. Dude. And then imagine you got to go to school the next day, and you got to teach. Yeah, yeah. So now I've got period one, two, and three for two hours, and here I am, you know, having to dictate to students what to do and give lectures. So I was literally whispering. Yeah. All right, kids, come on over here. And and they're like, Mr. Velasquez, what's wrong? And I go... <laughs> Ah, you know, explain to me what this is what I'm doing and what's going on. So, you know, 
show me some mercy, guys. You know, I, I need help around here. <laughs> you know, I'm not supposed to lift this textbook. And, you know, the kids were, were fine about it, and they pitched in, and they helped me out and things. But it was definitely one of those, once I am, it was great to hear my doctor go, okay, you are now officially anemic. Oh, okay. Come, uh, come back in, uh, in two months, and then we'll, we'll do it one more time. Okay, come back two months later, do it again. And then the third time I did it, they said, okay, uh, you can't come back anymore until November. You have to wait eight months because you've exceeded the amount of phlebotomies a human can do in a single year. Holy shit. And I go, what? But I got to do this like every so often. What, yeah. what the heck's going on? I'm sorry, but the San Diego Blood Bank cannot take your blood. Because if I take it to Kaiser, they're just going to throw it in the incinerator. Okay, but yeah, if yeah. I take it to the San Diego Blood Bank, you know, someone could use it. Like someone yeah. who's had surgery or they have anemia, that, that goes in and they're, and they're okay. It's not like, oh, I'm going to use his blood bag and I get, I get his disease. No, that's, it's in my chromosome DNA. It's in my chromosome. You can't, that's not the way it's going to transfer yeah, over. Yeah. But yeah. Dude, that's some crazy, crazy ass shit, bro. And then after you that. just it, had to go through the whole 12, 12, how, how long was it? 13 weeks. 13 weeks. 13 weeks, a pint a week. A pint a week of blood. I mean. Pint a week. And I, when my first reaction was, I don't think the human body can keep up with production. And they yeah. Go, oh, no, a... well, it'll adapt. <laughs> said, it will no adapt. Yeah. Go, yeah, it'll adapt. After go, you lose all your freaking go, muscle tissue. I go, how, and, how long? I mean, and I go, dang, dude, I could totally see one of those people out there. You know, I'm like, to heck with an eating disorder. Just keep taking my blood. Like, at that <laughs> point. Because you're, you're getting a pound of blood out at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you're... And... Oh man, it was just absolutely nuts. And then after that, I went, well, this is going to suck. This is going to be a long setback. I mean, it takes 128 days for these guys to come to be made. Yeah. So 128 days is going to put me to summer. And it was just a long process of running 15, 20 miles a week. Get, I got back, you know, trying to slowly get back into it. And then. Was that after or before your surgery? Because I remember you I had a had, problem with your with one of your. I didn't have surgery for that one. That was. You didn't have surgery for your. No, that was the year. What after. was the problem with your foot? Um, I hit a pothole, and it it bruised the bone inside it, one of the cuneiform bones. Oh, okay. The medi- the medial the cuneiform medial, bone. Okay. And it had. I'm like, well, this sucks. That's the one on your foot, like in the. Yeah. Connection. So if you looked at yeah. your hand and you looked at, you went to the middle finger knuckle. Yeah. And you went down about. A thumb down. There's a okay. little bone right there. there in the, yeah, right there, and it bruised on the top, um, on the top portion of it. And basically, what happened was my foot hit the pothole where the ball of the foot is, where that knuckle is, and it made the sensation and the noise of stepping on Captain Crunch. No, fuck. Like it wait, and I could, I felt it, I heard it, and it wasn't a big kabang. It, it just sounded like I stepped on Captain Crunch. And I knew, and I, I knew, and I went, vulgar words, and then I stopped, and then I, it, actually it didn't stop, it was in the, the next step, because now you hit the pothole. Yeah. The right foot comes over, the left foot is in rotate momentum to oh, go down, and I, and I just went, gosh. and I went, if it's broken, I need oh. to know, because I'm a mile and a half away from my car right now. Step. Okay. Step. Step, and I go, okay, 
And I went, okay, it's not broken. Uh-huh. I can still stay standing. And then after the run, it was it just went full into swelling up and, and from there. And then I went, well, this isn't good. Uh, Dirt Dog Cross Country Finals are next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that 2017 or 2018? Uh, one of the, no, before, way before that. That was, I think it was... Wait, was that, was that when we were in the Humboldt Toads? 2016, yep. yeah. Yeah, oh shit, okay. So yeah. this was before I got, sucked, you know, vampired. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I went, well, I think it's a stress fracture. I can run on a stress fracture. Yeah. I just got a place and the team will win, that's easy. And that's what I did, and six weeks turned into three months, and three months turned into two and a half years. Fucking A. Because yeah. you're talking about small portion of the foot has a limited to low blood supply. So allowing it to heal is going to be virtually impossible because you're always on your feet. Yeah. And that's what happened. It just would not heal because of that. And it took, and then finally like, the doctor said, look, I either need surgery. I looked up stem cell research. Yeah. And the doctor just said, okay, I'll do one more gamble before I can perform or you need to see alternative medicine in Tijuana or Thailand or something like that. Yeah. Because they do stem cell stuff. And TJ, yeah. Yeah. And and I said, okay. He goes, I'm going to put a dog collar on you. I'm going to put you in a cast for eight weeks, and then we'll see what happens after that. And then I was in a cast for eight weeks. I got to see, um, I had the pictures on my old phone. Uh, my right calf, super buff and big, and then the other one just compl- just a stick. Oh, my God. And I went, oh, God, dude, this is going to be a long road. Yeah. And it took a year. It took a year to sl- try and run and um, get back into it. And I, the ghost, I go, the ghost pain is going to be there, and it's going to be one of those, you're going to think that it's hurt, but the reality is you're just going to get arthritis in your feet. And I go, well... Wow. Yeah, it was to a point where I just looked at my doctor and said, "Can we amputate?" Because I'm like, I just, you just, don't I don't need wanna, a foot. I just yeah. need to run. Like that was that was the only thing. You don't there. need a foot. You just I don't need, need a run. foot. I just wow. want. I just need to run. That's it. I just need to go out yeah. and, you know, I gained 25 pounds during that. I went from 150 to 175, and I just oh shit was like, this ain't good, man. I I I, I told what is it? I, I told two two teammates in college if if ha- I had not been running, I probably would either be a druggie or or suicidal and dead because I just there's nothing else for me to go on at this point. Yeah. So, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I've I've had my fair share of experiences where, in high school, my senior year, I injured myself. I don't know if. if if uh, uh, Zach ever told you about that, the one where I fell down at CIF finals, yeah. and then my knee opened up, yep. and obviously you get a whole month without being able to run, and then you kind of get back on the running, but it doesn't feel the same, and then whatever else happens. Uh, luckily, I got a pretty good senior season after that incident, but in the Humboldt Toads, remember that, when I actually broke my foot when I was working at Volkswagen, and I oh, was, yeah, I remember. And I had the boot. Yeah, you're lucky you're still alive, man. I, as soon as they told me the story of what happened, I go, of course, I go, what's he doing? How'd he do it? And you're like, I broke my foot. And the first thing that came out was, you idiot. Like, no. But at the same time, I had to take a step back and I go, I don't think Sal's ever worked construction before. I mean, I did at, with the with the fair company, and that's where I got to learn my don't be stupid or yeah, yeah. You know, lift like this. I was stupid. God, dude, yeah. that was awful. They're like, yeah. And I go, you imagine, dude, that thing could have ran you down. 
Or you would have died like that one guy from Star Trek where it just pins you into the wall and that's it. You know, you crushed it in diaphragm. You're done. Like, that's... It was going to be a yellow car. I remember that, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't going to be a wall, but that thing was going to just take me all the way down to the yellow car, for sure. But that's why I was like, how do I stop this thing? It was a... It was this metal table with wheels where the where the mechanics would put the engine on. Yeah. And then outside of the shop, there's this little rolling downhill. And I took that thing to go wash it. It's the first time I ever moved this thing. I didn't know where the brakes was or anything like that. And as soon as it hits the, the little ramp to get into the shop, and it was heading downhill, boom, it grabbed on. And I was like, oh, my God. And then uh, some guys were, like, looking at me like, oh, man, look at this idiot. He can't fucking... Hold on to this thing. And I was like, no, I really can't. And then when it actually rolled over my foot, they are like, holy shit, okay, now he's not well, kidding. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. you weren't pulling from the back, though. You were pulling from the front as it was going down. <laughs> yeah, <up>. exactly. <laughs> I was actually on the downside of the of the hill on that. That was the part where I'm like, okay, he's carrying something heavy. Yeah, right, yeah. It's got wheels. For right, real. So, so, so oh, yeah, by the way, I'm pulling it downhill. So, <laughs> yeah, that was your first mistake. It truly was. It truly was. But... You know, uh, I guess it, it, it happens for a reason, right? I took my 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 season out. I didn't get to run the rest of that cross country season. Then at that time, I actually headed over to uh, Southern Oregon University, where I never actually ran, but I decided to actually go to the community college up there in Medford, which is Rowe Community College, and just lived through off of that experience. But, you know, uh, I'm okay with it. I got to live in, in Oregon. I think I'm the first in my family gets to do that for the specific purpose of running and pursuing a college education. So, um, but that's actually one of the reasons why I decided to have you on my show is because you're a very informed person. You're very educated. You're ridiculously, you know... I'd say experienced. I wouldn't know about educated, but definitely experienced yeah. <laughs> in some things. You know, uh, but but you're 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 smart. You're you're smart, and you actually retain information very well. Just so you can explain it as well as it needs to be in, in that specific, def, definitive uh, detail. So I was actually going to ask you a little bit about biology because you're a biology teacher. Besides, I, I didn't even know what you actually studied. You studied. Sports medicine? Uh, that, a little bit, yeah. It was So I went to school to be a CSI investigator because um, that was what really interested me and out of any experience I had at Otay Ranch High School. Mm. And then I got to 8 a.m. biology class, which was botany, the study of plants, and I had a teacher who... I could, I could deal with the German accent. I was fine. <laughs> um, what was kind of harsh was... She was having her kid at the time, so I had her for about six weeks, and it was on semesters, not quarters. Yeah. And then every she was she was very nurturing. It was good. Um, I was coming to class. It was hard to go at 8 a.m. just because of the way college lifestyle is, um, going out late and having the social life. But yeah. When it came to lab, um, you know, she, you know the you know the uh, the praise I would get from being in lab was was what I liked, and then. She was on maternity leave because she gave birth to her baby, and I got her husband as a teacher. And, oh, my God, that guy was so monotoned. <laughs> that lab was a TA that didn't really communicate and talk, and it was, it's not like she was a bad person. It's just 
I, I was getting the attention that I thrived on at my best mm. and the husband would just go off on tangents of a new, like a new teacher would, and it would just put you to sleep. So <laughs> at that point I, I said, why would I go to class so I'm not having fun in it? And I just read the book and I just stayed in my room and I would just read the book and take the test and just keep the grade the way that it was because... Why Why would I go to class when I could gain that extra hour of sleep, study on my own, and then yeah. just come in on the test day and, and take the test? You don't have to walk out to class or anything, especially in Mina. Was this during a... Oh, uh, yeah. Winter hit was really winter. hard. Winter hit. And, yeah, that second part of the semester was probably the toughest. But once, once I got over that, I just said, well, I'm just not going to have class at 8 a.m. ever again. Yeah. And, I mean, that was, that was just it. And I'd have class at 9, which was better. I could wake up at... 7.30, and then I can go get breakfast, and then, you know, I was more awake at 9. The sun was actually out yeah. at 9, so that's just what I was. The sun was out, I was out, and I was fine. But uh, I went from being the CSI, I dropped that notion when I saw what the pay was, and um, I got stuck at, do I pursue a degree in biology, and then probably have to get my master's in it to get a job, Yeah. unless I want to work uh, for a biotech company, which I'm like, hmm... They don't make that much, it's at least not. as starting out. Yeah, yeah. And or I could go into teaching, and I wanted to coach, and I wanted. Yeah, I'm like, well, running's a part of my life. It's just a hand in hand gig. So I went to teaching, and I was told um, to be the most marketable. PE teachers are not going to be selected. They're not very. They're not really in demand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but a science teacher, or a math teacher, are among the highest in demand. Mm-hmm. And I went, mm, math, I can take math far, but I have more fun with science. And I yeah. chose bio. So there I was getting my degree in physical education because I've discovered that the loophole to be a teacher at the time in California, get a teaching credential, and then test out of it. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, well, this is easy. Why would I take the hardest route and do all the science classes and be here for six years? Or I can get the physical education um, degree in five, four to five, and then test out Yeah. when I get back home. And that's what I did. So I, for when it, so now I'm like, Oh, I'm so relaxed. I can take the classes that I want. Yeah. What are they offering? And I, I was basically taking, um, human anatomy, immunology, uh, nutrition classes, um, advanced cell biology and, that's that's the route I went. I was more into the human body, and basically the goal was how can I make a super soldier? How can I train <laughs> someone to be a super soldier? How can I make super soldiers? And and that's what I did there. But the most fun I ever had was with a teacher I didn't really care for was immunology, um, just because. What does that actually entail? Immunology. It's the it's the study of the human immune system. Oh okay. okay. And so I the it was 2011 and the Minot. Uh, Minot had a huge flood. The, oh. dam, the dam got let loose from all of the snow melting, and oh, it shit. knocked out 10,000 homes. Holy so shit. we came back, and we're flying in, and I'm looking out the window yelling out as people are on the plane, good morning, Vietnam. Because it literally, because they, they made these dikes to try and halt the flooding, and it literally, from the air, looked like rice paddy fields. And I'm like, here I go, serving another tour in Nam as we're flying in, yeah. going through. And we had to run through it. But as you ran through it, um, in the middle, like in the after the hot summer, we're going closer to fall. 
all that sun increases the temperature and things were mildewy, fungal, and rotting. So I got hit with a really bad um, bacterial infection, like cyanitis, and I thought I was going to die. Like it was that bad where I thought I was going to die, but not enough to go to the hospital because I would, I refused to go pay the bills because I didn't have insurance up there. Yeah. So I'm going, okay, I can't go to the hospital. I'm super sick. Like I've, like you've seen highlighter before, like the dark green highlighter. Yeah. I want you to imagine that color coming out of your nose as if it's the texture of water. With the texture of water? Yeah, like, I'd just literally be there, and it would just run right out. And I didn't have a nettle pot, I didn't have a car, I couldn't just go to Walmart to get things, and of course, being that young, I'm not going to ask people to do things like this for me. (laughs) So I'm struggling going to school. Um, I remember I had to do time trials at the time, and I was in shape to run probably a mid-15-minute 5K, Yeah. and I ran 19 minutes and 45 seconds. Oh, God. Like, I was, that was... That was probably week, that was like four days into the infection. And then after that, it was three to four weeks where I was still, you know, my running was crap. Every, you know, it was, it was terrible. I was gunking up things left and right. But immunology helped me out because I said, well, this thing is, is killing me. How do I, how do I boost this immune system to take out whatever is ailing me? And yeah. that's what I just, that's where I was like reading that book front to cover Damn. So that book was all read and done like a month into school. And I just went to class going, okay, let's roll. But we got to do a fun project about uh, reproduction. And I needed a topic that we had to do a research paper. And I needed a topic that would give the middle finger to my teacher and make (laughs) them uncomfortable because it turns out that she was found to be sexist towards males. Oh, really? And, uh, Hated, you know, hate and made it made life more difficult for athletes. And I went in, I had her for genetics. You're, you're the right guy to set up a middle finger to a teacher. You I, know that, right? I went in, <laughs> and it was a big learning experience for her because I was not, I was difficult in my own right for whatever the reason. Um, and I said I just needed a topic that would not only be interesting but give a middle finger to show that males are worth more than just their seed. And I wrote a paper called The Greatest Hide and Seek to Ever Live, mm. the great game of greatest hide and seek, and it was about female pregnancy and why a male is needed during the female pregnancy after conception. And it was, before conception, why is the male needed? Obviously, during conception, yeah. why is the male needed? And then after, why is the male needed? And mm. that was the paper, it was like 12 pages long, was yeah. the paper, it was just a collection of different researches. And it was funny to get my grade back saying, very informative, very interesting, uh, 47 out of 50. Yeah, <laughs> it would sure. not give you the A. And I'm just like, I'm not even going to fight this. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Screw you. I'm not even going to fight this. But, you know, I, I just it was great to have to find different ways to say coitus as you're going through <laughs> going through the document. And I'm like... Oh, yeah, and we're going into all the different positions and why these positions are actually needed and why dude. it has to be this way. It was great. It was uh, beautiful. Yeah, dude, that's funny. You know, um, right now, I think one of the, one of the interesting questions that, that came up to me, you being a, a person who actually knows a lot about biology, uh, running, how, how do you correlate that with a coronavirus right now? I know there's not much of a correlation, but... 
It's probably one of the only activities that people are acting upon a lot more. Then how would you actually correlate them? Uh, well, for starters, you got all these people who are out there who aren't the healthiest in their lifestyle, mm -hmm. and running is a night is convenient. You just need shoes, and you can go out there and do your thing. So you're seeing more people going out to run because you get that scare of well. Zombieland, rule number one, those who <laughs> suck at cardio yeah, yeah. are the first to go. Cardio is the number one rule. So people who are who have difficulties um, in their everyday lives because they're not fit, mm -hmm. they're trying to find a simple way to get fit, which is really nice to see that people are finally trying to take care of themselves, yeah. even though now there's crowds where I go run everywhere, but it's fine, you know, I can, I can live with that. Especially since you uh, live right here by Roar Park. Probably with, with COVID. Location incognito. With COVID, when we first started <laughs> running, um, it was basically your own bubble. And the way I looked at it was, I'm going to be surrounded by the same communal people that I'm going to have, like my own little pot of people. Mm. And that's just the way it's going to be. Um, and, and that's who I ran with. And I ran with them the entire quarantine. And they were basically just older people. They were my parents. Um, we made, my girlfriend and I made sacrifices with our daily life, which was, we're only going to go shopping once every two to three weeks. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and you know, one person would go to one store, one person would go to the other store and then we'd wait a couple days and then we'd see any symptoms and then we'd go out from there. And it was always mm. sanitizing. We had our own way, our own system of how we did things. Yeah. Um, and, and the one thing that I remember was if you're next to someone who has it, um, it's possible if the, I, I, I had the notion that this thing was airborne in some way, shape, or form, and as yeah. they said later, droplets. Because it's a virus, you know. I got sick running next to someone who was sick in high school, and I just was like, where did I get infected from? And I realized the person in front of me was probably talking, and I'm on the on the right side, mm -hmm. air blown into my face. Absolutely, yeah. That's probably how it happened. And immediately I went, you know... Running behind someone is going to be the most terrible thing because through the slipstream, you're probably going to get the particles that way. So you should be a little distance between the person, maybe like two or three feet. Yeah. But as long as you're moving forward, all those, you know, the, the droplets are going to go behind you. And sure enough, that's how I noticed how I started running next to people. Like, oh, look, I don't need to be behind someone, but if I'm like maybe three feet away from them as we're moving forward, yeah. that's fine. And, you know, if someone wants to talk to you on the run, you just increase the pace and they can't talk anymore. So, <laughs> so I think you'll, you'll be okay. But I think it'd be important to know that if you're going to be in groups, it should be with the same people you've been running with from the start. Yeah. Because adding new people, everyone knows someone by length of six that's going to be trouble. And probably uh making sure that you're not behind them you are at their side by about yeah. two or three feet and i think that would probably be the best option being you know actually be, well being the best option would be running on your own and being away from people um so i started running early i'd run at five thirty six before yeah. any of these any of these uh, shoeby people would come out and start <laughs> running or or walking and then avoiding the, the the areas. Everyone wants to go to the golf course to go walk because yeah. it's convenient. I'm gonna go somewhere else in the area where no one's on the trail. Like today, we we saw we saw one crazy guy yelling at us who was far oh, away, yeah. <laughs> saying to get out of his house in the hobo yeah. campment. And then we went <laughs> to the other side where we saw like two people walking their dog and a couple other people on the trip. You know, you're not going to see a whole lot. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I think that playing it smart and also uh, changing your routes, not always going in the same place. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's all, you know, I have all these other locations you can go out to where no one's going to go. No one has access to. Yeah. You know, 
I I appreciate that people are actually taking you know on the new discipline of, of running in their lives. I think it's it's great. Uh, obviously, we still don't know or haven't seen any you know feedback or any aftermath of oh coronavirus can be caused even more by running. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily say it's caused by running. Or you're more like it. You, the only way you're going to get it is if it's there, and the transmission is mm -hmm. if someone has it and they're with you, you're more likely to get infected by them because they're there. Yeah. And then you've got the asymptomatic stuff, which is why for me it's if you've been running with people this entire time and you've been in their pod, cool. Like more power to you yeah but still the most effective way to not get it would be simply to run on your own without anyone else that would mm -hmm. be the number because you can't get it unless it's there you know unless you're going to go and rub your face on every tree that someone might have sneezed <laughs> on i mean it's just not going to happen droplets yeah. are going to be on the floor but i but i do feel a little concerned when i am running on on the trail and there's just a clog of people like a literal artery yeah. clog where there's a group of 12 in a 15 foot trail and you're like oh crap i need to asteroids i need to get around these people <laughs> and at that point it's like okay well hold your breath i guess <gasps> you know like a smoker <gasps> yeah. just gone and 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 that's it but yeah i haven't ran with the mask on i don't no nah, i can't do it either it's, man. it's too hard i mean you look at those little babies why they don't wear the mask is because they suffocate basically yeah. and i'm like that's, that's i how feel like i'm being airborne i mean uh, no waterboarded <laughs> waterboarded and right. see, in my night, we would put masks on also, but at the same time, it was below zero degrees. So you wore the mask because it was flipping cold out there yeah, and you needed yeah, yeah. it to warm up. And if you took it off, it would freeze. So you had to... The so mask you had, would actually the mask freeze. Would so freeze. You would actually uh, keep the, so you'd the have temperature to, on it yeah, so, because you were breathing into yeah, it. Yeah, so wow. you, you'd have to be... Because with the warm air, you know, you're breathing and it's hot yeah. air coming out. So, but down here... You know, I, I know a lot of runners, It's you'll see walkers and they'll wear masks for the most part, like 50-50. Yeah. But you don't see the runners really wearing a mask if they're going faster. And uh -huh. I know when, you, when I say that to you, like, you can see they're going eight-minute pace and faster. Yeah. And then everyone else, they're not. No, uh, yeah, yeah, Especially here by, by Road Park. Yeah. You know, I want to give a quick pause because I want to get to our next section, which is going to be a little bit more on the philosophical side. Yeah. Um... We'll be back in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the show, but now we decided to go outside of Brandon's front yard to enjoy ourselves a little bit of sun, if it exists, which it does not, it's pretty cloudy outside, Perfect and a beer. Perfect weather. Yeah, yeah, cheers, bro. Perfect weather. There you go. The the phone has to actually capture the sound as well, <laughs> making sure that we're enjoying ourselves as a beer. Beer, our sponsor for the day. Enjoy it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, you know, we're talking about a little bit of the coronavirus and how people should be a little bit more aware doing the activity of running if they're taking on this new discipline. How would you actually, you know, recommend people or maybe people that you know, let's just say as an example, other colleagues, teachers, they say, hey, you know what, Brandon, I want to start running because I think it's a lot healthier. What would you recommend for them to actually start doing? Uh, the first thing I would recommend say is I no expert in uh, by far, but from what I've been doing that's been the most successful for me 
is the first thing is uh, having the right equipment. All right. So making sure that you know you're not running in your nine-inch heels. You're gonna run in a comfortable <laughs> shoe. Um, I know right now is gonna be really difficult just because of some things aren't as open and available. Yeah, to you. absolutely. Uh, but you can make appointments. I mean, you can head over to Milestone, make an appointment, and go in and get get your shoes. That would be number one. Mm -hmm. And it would probably be a good idea to run in them when at the stores, um, yeah. just to make sure they fit well. Uh, then after that point, um, I would establish a route something you're comfortable doing uh, preferably on grass or dirt if you can yep in a public area just because you need to be it most people are going to be running on their own and it's just nice to be in an area that one you know you're not too far away and uh, you're safe that's probably the first thing out there that I would recommend and then as you get into it you can start looking up uh, public places to go during a good during a normal uh, time that people will be around but mm. not in your space um, if you remember a couple weeks ago um, some girl went out into uh, Summit Park and she went at like 6 o'clock at night by herself oh no and I know that there's still sunshine out there but when you're in Summit Park and I know it's one of you know you're there are people that live out there there, there, yeah. there just are and it was her first time going out onto a trail by herself at 6 and luckily she was able to get away but it's one of those where where um, when my girlfriend told me about it I said you know I wouldn't lie if you told me that's what you wanted to do I'd, I'd either say let's go together or uh, yeah I, I suggest a different place to go just because you should know the area that you're in like if being being out there and running out there so off so much I know where I need to go to if I'm in trouble Mm -hmm. or yeah, yeah. you know wh where to go and I don't know where it happened and I don't wish it upon anyone but the buddy system is arguably one of the best places or being in a public area where you know you can see people um, that can try and chime in and help you um, mm -hmm. that'd probably be that'd probably be a, another thing to do or what I've recommended is you don't necessarily run with a person but you tell a buddy who's trying to run with you uh, what time you're gonna run at and what route you're gonna run plan it together yeah and one person goes in one direction and the other person comes in the opposite direction so that way you can still see each other you can probably wave and say hello and it it allows that you know small little release of that socialization you want from running yes yeah. as far as any sport goes you know you don't show up across country to run you show up for the camaraderie and for the people that are out there yeah 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 you absolutely do i i, I like all this stuff man first things first you know proper equipment second thing second safety safety is probably safety in the environment in which you're in you're you're accustomed to right here you have roar park so super lucky you me i mean i already know the rest from my house by the in and out so I can go anywhere, Olympic Parkway, I'll take Hunt Parkway, East Lake Parkway, yeah. whatever it is. Uh, yeah, but yeah. that's that's me knowing. And third is a buddy system. I think it's I think that's probably it, it kind of goes with pros and cons right now for the moment. Because if you want to, let's say, oh, I want to hang out with my friend. Hey, we should go out for a room with my friend, but I haven't been. In that specific circle of the coronavirus, you know, you even even if it's just telling someone where you're going and, and yeah. expect them back in in what time, that would probably you know that would be better than nothing. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, every, every morning I'll go up to run, and the first thing is, you know, after saying goodbye is, where are you running again? And I go, uh, I'm going to the Albertsons to go run. Yeah. How far? About eight miles. Okay. So they, so, you know, it's... They can estimate. Yeah, there's an estimate, estimation. Yeah. You know, she'll come over like she is now and be like, hey... You were you took you an hour to hour more to get home than usual. Ah, making me that breakfast. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might want to pause it. Yeah. We might have to pause. Yeah, really quick pause, guys. Well, with our third or our second pause, uh, getting back to our third conversation here. Just reviewing really quick. Running, right now, coronavirus. I appreciate the. The good advice you gave out to those who are listening, maybe there are a few people who want to learn how to run and they say, eh, maybe I just need to listen to some Brandon Velasquez advice to <laughs> to start <laughs> to start this journey on the run. Um, but you know what? Uh, into into this whole show uh, on the run with Sal and talking about philosophy and running. But for you, Brandon, a person who's very conscious about his words and knows the definitions of all your, your vocabulary is, is pretty damn good. Uh, I do want to ask you this question, which is the one that I ask everybody. What is running? Dang, dude. Are we going from a philosophical standpoint or are we going from a textbook dictionary, dictionary standpoint? Nah, your opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh gosh! Yeah, yeah. For you, Brandon Velasquez, what, is, what running? is running? Um, man, it, it's 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 hard to define it and make it one thing, but I can say what comes right up to mind. Uh, it is a way of life for me. It's not. Uh-huh. It, it's not just a sport. It's not just competition. It's. It is definitely a lifestyle, and it's one of those lifestyles where growing up and my parents put me into catechism classes and C, you know CCD and raised Catholic it was this is this is life you know we go to church every Sunday it's mm-hmm. and you know you hear in the sermons you know you offer yourself up to something a purpose a cause you know Christ this and he died for you that and it, it basically came down to running is is basically church for me it's wow. It's what makes sense to me. Um, if you ever watch Berserk and Guts is starting to swing his sword, he's like, swinging my sword is the one thing that makes the most sense in life. Where I can think, I can clear my head, and I can just devote myself to one simple thing. Running is that for me. It's, it's, it's something where if I feel awful, I can just go for a run and I can clear my head. It allows me to think. It gives me something to do. It look forward to. It's. It is definitely a lifestyle where. It run. It it doesn't run my life, but it's definitely a part of it. Um, and it's yeah. the discipline and the structure that I enjoy it so much. I know that every day, I am going to go for a run between this time in the day. Um, and if I if I can't when my lifestyle changes when school starts up again for back to teaching, it's going to be running at this time. Yeah, and it's just that structure that that I've loved so much of it, and it's great. I, I get to go through and think a lot of things. I get to reflect upon the day. I get to any problems I have. I get to have this nice moment where I can just run, get a workout in, and think. And I remember I got screwed over by a teacher in high school one time 
and I had an eight mile run that day and it was just filled, I was filled with so much raw motion. I did eight miles in 40 minutes. Oh shit. Like I had never ran that fast before uh-huh. and I just wish, you know, like, and then it was, where did that come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it's, that, that's what running is to me. It, it's a lifestyle. It is a, it is a choice. It is a lifestyle. And it's allowed me to, it's been a part of my family culture, even though it's just been one to two generations. It mm-hmm. is, it's been the culture. I mean, my parents were high level runners, a part of the community. Um, I was basically put into a baby jogger. My dad would run races with me in the baby jogger and do successful and would be successful. Um, waking up every morning, Saturday morning cartoons. And um, basically it's put on pause because we're going out for a run and they put me on the bike and then about middle school biking biking uh, became too slow I was too slow on the bike damn and and it it wasn't me being strong it was just the bike I outgrew the bike yeah yeah <laughs> so Dude, that's crazy moved up to running shoes and then my mom would take me out for a couple miles saying you know you need to get in shape if you ever want you know get in shape you can't be lazy around the couch and then I just got into middle school where that's where I started to like and enjoy running because it um, kept all the bullies away from me. <laughs> you know, that was it. And then after that, I got to high school and I, I got the running bug and figured out it was some. It was a sport where that fit my philosophy, which was you know, work hard, play later, and enjoy what you've done after you put the hard work in. And yeah. That's that's where running running came in for me. It's a lifestyle. I'm with you on that. Uh, obviously, if you've listened to all my other podcast episodes, I agree with everybody's definition because it's ambiguous. It never really has that clear definition because everybody else, you know, they they connected to the everythingness that it is. My own individuality connected to the everythingness. If that makes any sense. I don't know, man. The hardest question to answer. And the one that forever changes is, why are you running? Absolutely. That's the big one. Why am I running? Well, obviously I can answer that one. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying answer it, but no, that, that's no. Its own. I was gonna say I was gonna I was gonna get to it and oh, be like, that's I gonna see. be for a later episode. Gosh. Oh man, that's uh, I see. Maybe that's the coach coming episode of. Oh like, man, that, dude, that, yeah. you're gonna need like season finale that'll take you that that would hours. be that would be beautiful my I wanna, I my wanna, summer season finale i want to call it that or something. i'm gonna wonder which episode is going to be longer the one with paul greer or the one with ian coming wow that would be interesting well <laughs> first things first oh, fun. my goal is coach coming paul greer hasn't really come into mind oh, man. to be quite honest not trying to be addicted paul greer if he ever listens to this one but Obviously, I mean, Coach Cumming is the one who actually, he was the, the, the running mentor for me. He's the first running mentor, my first coach for running, the one who actually, he, he, he didn't show to me what the results could be. He just showed me that it has a passion. And that's what I really, truly love about Coach Cummings. And obviously, all those people who have already heard is like, dude, they always talk about this guy, Coach Cummings. Who's this guy? Uh, but no, nah, because that's that's all that's all that guy ever really cared about. Just and like I said, passion. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. That was definitely his lifestyle. 
It was definitely his lifestyle, absolutely. Uh, has anyone actually ever asked you that question? What is running? What is running? Yeah. Yeah, the the more intriguing question that we have always asked was, why are yeah. we running? Because running could be have so many different definitions and forms. I mean, you can just get lost into what it is and go into the philosophy of what is running, mm -hmm. and you're going to get a range of, you know, someone being a wise guy saying, oh, it's just putting one leg in front of the other <laughs> yeah, and yeah. the door to, you know, it's a lifestyle, it's a culture. But when you really get down to it, what's the most interesting and unique question you can ask a runner is, why are they running? Mm -hmm. You can ask them now, and you'll get a different answer in three months. It Probably. Will, it will forever change. Um, just like just like a mantra of what you tell yourself when life is really hard or when the race is really hard. Mm. I mean, one time it was just me saying relax and go, flawless, smooth as butter to woohoo, I'm awesome. Yeah. You know, piece of cake. You know, it, it will change. It, yeah. it will constantly change just like any viewpoint that you have. Um, it just depends what the end goal is and why, why you run. Um, I know I've seen people pull out medallions and kiss their lucky medallions for this is why I run. Yeah. Or, you know, that's that's really the, the my most intriguing question is when I ask people, why are you Why here? are you running? Why are you running? Yeah. It's probably a question I need to ask myself and put it in a notebook, but nobody will ever know. Yeah, what are you uh, running for? What's the purpose? What is, your, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? What is your purpose? And that's when I hear people, what they do coaching, what they, what they want in the classroom, what they want as an athlete. I go, what is your purpose? What do you want to do? What do you want to see? Because the job is, my job. I go, my job's, my job's tough. Your job is the toughest. You got to tell me what you want and how I'm gonna. And my job is, how am I gonna get you there? Mm -hmm. And then finally, I'll put all, I'll put the ball in your court. And after that, it's, it's you. Yeah. It's all you. What do you want to do? I like the way you said that, man. My job is tough as a teacher. I'd be guessing, assuming. My job's tough. But your job is the toughest because you have to know what you want and I have to help you get to where you want. Yeah. That's, that's truly, truly inspirational, man. It actually got me thinking right now and motivated me just a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you know, Brandon, one of the other things that we do on this podcast, uh, let's finish it off with these next five minutes or 15 minutes right now. If you were to share, contribute some quote of inspiration from yourself or something that you actually believe you heard from someone else, uh, what would you want to share to people right now? Sad part is nothing really comes to mind. It would all, it will all depend on the moment and what they needed to hear. What do they want to hear? What they needed to hear? Mm. I mean, I had one kid where he, <laughs> he came over to me. <laughs> Oh man, oh, and I call every child I talk about is Billy. His name's Billy. And one day I'm gonna get a Billy in my classroom. Oh no, uh, it's really Billy. Yeah. <laughs> but Billy came over. It just went way too meta right now. Oh yeah, Billy. You know, Billy came over and he goes, "Mr. Velasquez, I stepped on a snail," and I looked at him and I said, "Oh man, you're an awful person." <laughs> what? And I go, "Yeah, I mean, look." And I point, and there was another snail next to that dead snail. And I go, that was probably his long-lost love from that he died. And in his past life said, I will spend my entire life looking for you <laughs> through the ultimate dimensions to find you. And he finally found her. 
as a snail, where they were both finally incarnated as snails. Oh, God. And you stepped on him and killed him. Now he has to wait for his partner to die, and they have to go through the whole process again. You're a horrible person. Oh, and the God. kid looked at me, and he goes, and you could see that he was thinking about it, yeah. and how awful that story would be. Oh, oh you're so mean. Yeah. Now I feel horrible for killing the snail. <laughs> and why would you tell me that? And I looked at him and said, well, it's because it's what you wanted to hear. Because it's obvious that if you wanted to tell someone, if you wanted to hear the same thing that everyone else tells you, you would have, you would have, you would have went, you would have went, you would have went to them. Oh, gosh. Hey. You guys eat, you want me to eat the pizza? Huh? All of it? You want some more pizza slices? Oh, I'll slice a pizza. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna heat up the rest of them there. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's funny. Oh, and if it gets recorded on this, don't even worry about it. I actually got once an omelet while it was still recording. You can hear it. Yeah, that's the hard part about being around me long enough. As Carlos Hernandez once stated, "Man, you just, you just, you don't have anything new. You're just, you're just the same jokes <laughs> over and over again." I go look at that and I went. It's true. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is literally true. And there's, I go, Carlos, you know, in my mind later, you know, later you can have a conversation with imaginary Carlos. You know, Carlos, I'm only, I'm only like 21, man. I haven't really had a whole lot of social interaction with people. I mean, wow. I don't have that much joke experience other than <laughs> dark humor and, yeah. you know, some of these sketches. I'm, I'm not trying to please you. I just say the first thing that comes to my head. And if it's funny, it, I, at least I get a kick out of it. That's funny, man. Yeah. But I will take that. Sometimes you just need to hear the things you wanted to hear. I guess. And you can take that with a grain of salt. I mean, some people want to be told they're doing the I'll right take it thing with a little when, they're, when they're not doing the right thing. I mean, <clears throat> the one thing, the one thing is the one thing that I, that I, that I have always held on to was, um, was a message in, in was a message in my running log that I that I had. My dad got a sign, and they took a took a piece of uh, Corinthians and they matched it to an athlete running, like they they parodied it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that was a big slogan. Um, you know the things I wanted to hear. Uh, the one, the, you know, um, the one, the one slogan I really enjoyed saying was uh, was uh, the. Uh, Viking, the Viking prayer before they go into battle. That uh -huh. one was pretty epic from 13th Warrior. I don't even know if that's historically correct, but that's one. Well, no, what is it? I it was, it. Uh, Lo there do I see my, my mother and my father. Lo there do I see my sisters and my brothers. Lo there do I see my family line all the way back to the beginning. And lo, they do call me there to the gates of Valhalla where the brave live forever. Damn. There was one there. Um, when I broke my foot and and you know got back into shape to run in college, I just look at my left leg because it's the one that always gets hurt, and I would just say, if this is the last race where it fully breaks, it's gonna be going as it's gonna be going as fast as I can. It's gonna be at its fastest. If yeah. it's gonna break, it's gonna be it's 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 gonna be the last one. And then, but my favorite ever had to have been with uh, go with purpose in every step would definitely be the big one that that that's my favorite line from the one thing from Corinthians is I, I go with purpose in every step go with purpose so you go step. with purpose in every step because you're you need your goal you need to see what you want out of something and then 
the game is getting trying to accomplish trying to accomplish it and that's the whole thing about running where you're trying to accomplish whether it's getting out the door to mm. the first step I can run a mile um, you know Marissa's been you know she would run a mile and she'd be like oh god it's so tiring and then now she's up to 10 miles on her long run wow I mean you know not fat you know not a blazing fast not, no. a, not an Olympic athlete but you can do this you, you can go and do things you know slow and steady and, and get the result that you want to see but you got to have purpose in what you're doing to get there. Like as you said, it is about the passion. It is about moving to the next place and teaching not very many people figure that out. They they do what their parents want them to do. Yeah. Cuz they want to please mommy and daddy, but it's only until they see something that they desire and then you trying to get them there. And it would be really interesting to see how education would take it, where I see Billy wants to be an artist. How do I get him to excel at his artwork so he can have a job in society by doing what he likes doing? Yeah. While incorporating all the other stuff. Absolutely. And it, you gotta have purpose in what you do, otherwise what's the point? Why, why should I go out and do four by 800 right now? what's the point I don't have a race coming up you know I'm, I'm gonna prove that I can work out I can prove I can hurt but in the end what am I building towards yeah absolutely so nah man that's a uh, that's a lot of good stuff you got to share with me I, I truly truly appreciate that uh, especially through these beers I'm about to finish mine so cheers <laughs> uh, um All I want to say is, I enjoyed this talk with you, man. I enjoyed knowing about a little bit about your experience, your hardship, your process of post-collegically, which is most of the stuff that you talked, and especially right now, going out for a run with you, 10 miles, I'm sorry, 12 miles this morning. Uh, it truly makes me just just think for a moment why is he asking me these questions and what can I actually come up with the, uh, an answer of my own experience to say well you know what it's not your answer but this is what I truly believe in and everybody has that and, and once you said I was gonna do a podcast the reason why I'll ask I, that's how I that's just how I do I ask people questions and they go go through the process and mm. think I would love to see some sort of podcast where people come together to talk about their running experiences, and then again, the whole point is like, what is a perp what is the purpose of doing this? What do you think this would do for this? Yeah. Because what I see the most in coaching is a lot of egotism, where they think that they can, they are the best at what they do, or we're gonna, you know, there is the support, but you know, that's like I'll help you set the cones up there is never any talk about what people do and I understand that people want their secrecy but I think the greatest thing that I saw was you know coach souls from Great Oak was at whatever talk I was at and he just dropped a big binder and said this is everything I do with my athletes in an entire season Shit. you can't take it home with you but you're welcome to take pictures I'll see you at the top and that's how he ended his his thing and he walked out damn and and I go you know what it is lonely at the top, but again, what is the goal? And, you know, 
if you were, you know, some people are like, I just want to win league. If you want to win league meets, that's it. Some people are, I want to win CIF or I want to take a team to state, you know. Yeah. And I would love to see how it, what other coaches try and think about doing and why they do the things that they do. Because when I, when I see coaches, they go, well, I can't do that at my school because the kids aren't motivated. Um, and it's really easy to blame the kids, but it's also, you know, it's also coaches taking the blame of I'm not recruiting enough or I'm not finding out how I can reach these kids or get them to do what needs to be done. Yeah. And a lot of it is lack of information, you know, oh, it's cross country. They'll just go out and run. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've seen some uh, coaches. Who, I've been there, bro. Jeez. Who, who have who have had that mentality and their athletes end up getting hurt because of it. Unfortunately. Oh, uh, that's okay. You know, they can do high mileage and then they can run really, really fast and whoever lives, lives. And I've seen that. And, you know, I, I think it's a lack of knowledge between people. And I think getting that knowledge together, it, my coaching experience has just been the ego needs to go away. And it, I want, I want the Mesa and the South Bay League to stop being a joke. Seriously. From the northern schools, no one cares about our league. No one says, oh, so-and-so is going to show up to this race. You don't see that. You never hear that there is fear that I'm going to race this team. Mm -hmm. But everyone up the north, you can hear that. And I've just seen over the years that it's just been a fighting squabble for league. Yeah. And it's just been small, a big fish in a small pond. It's never been to the next level and I know it's tough okay. because you gotta have the kids mentally ready for it but I feel that if people were to be able to share their knowledge with each other to make a team to do that it would get better because what I see is people are divided and I understand you'd want to be secret because you don't want everyone to be better than you but once that disappears and it becomes fully communal you might actually start seeing runners and I, I guess I've, I've lost the the pursue league league is everything it's like you know i want to see my runners from high school still run after. when that after and go on to college and try and train other people to get them to a higher level than where they're at and increase the running community as a whole mm -hmm. and make stronger better runners rather than they win league as a high school kid and that's all they're going to remember the rest of their life. I would much rather they go out and they're still running now. Yeah. And it makes you think from our from our high school coach experience, how many of those people are still running? I mean, how you... many made, how many made it? How many made it to the top? How many are still running? Yeah. You know, compared to who's not. And I know life gets in the way, but that it becomes a lifestyle. How how can you give a healthy lifestyle like that or or use the information that they that they've learned from running into their their everyday life. Yeah. You know? I didn't think I, I it was gonna be me with my graduating class. I'm the only one from my graduating class that is still pursued it. And obviously, it's not to say like haha the other guys. It's just to say yeah. I was the only one that actually found the 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 why purpose that I'm still pursuing. And Stephen was his Stephen Martinez, you know. You, I think, you're you're still probably the most consistent one out of your generation, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Leon's running out there. Corey yeah. was. Corey stopped running because he. Uh, that's where biking began. He took. He was going over the penultimate barrier in the steeplechase. Oh, okay. So for those of you guys who are listening in, oh, I um, remember. I, I went to Minot State 
North Dakota for school. You should have said that at the beginning. <laughs> well, but we, I think we did. I said I would yeah. say my not North Dakota. So yeah. I was a you know graduating of a Beaver in 2013. But in 2011 or when I when I went up in 2008, I went with three guys from my same cross country team. True. So the three seniors we went up together and braved the cold for cheap school. But flash forward three years into the future, uh, Corey was going around the penultimate barrier in the steeplechase at conference finals. We had already qualified for the marathon for NAIA. And you going, and me Leon. And Corey and I. Oh, you and Corey for a marathon? Corey, Corey and I. Leon, oh. Leon trained with us, and he showed the greatest promise, but when the chips were on the table, he was there for the first mile at 550, mm-hmm. and then he wasn't there ever again. Oh, he, man. He disappeared, and I don't know what happened, Yeah. but he, he wasn't there, and... And that was the first time, and the second time he wasn't there either. But mm. when we when we went through everything, um, penultimate barrier, he he jumped over it, and his right trail trail leg uh, went right into the barrier. God. Like he he tiger kneed from Street Fighter into that barrier. Jeez. And I know barriers don't move, but I swear <laughs> that barrier moved an inch <laughs> from its original position. And, he, oh, and I, so I, I pulled him off. I, I looked at him, and he tried to get up. And I'm like, "Stay down!" And he and he was getting up, and I just went over and dragged him. I dragged him off the track. He was like, "No, sorry, man, you ain't Jeez. you ain't going on a blown knee." Then he ices it, and then in two weeks there he is trying to run the marathon on it, and he makes it to mile twenty, and the knee literally just gave out, and he just oh, aid station. And I go, I'm, and I'm going, "You're, I'm not going to touch you. If you can show me in the next ninety seconds that you can get up, I'll let you go." Otherwise, I'm going to touch you and DQ you, and that's, that's what that's what happened. Damn. Yeah, that was it. And so he he never he he liked running, but he couldn't get back into it because you know he blew his knee and yeah. no insurance. He's not going to go get that checked out. So he so he went to cycling instead, and you know he was very successful at what he did. He he got a sponsorship when yeah. for Canada, and he won a couple circuits. So very impressive. Absolutely. Yeah. Would have been great to to race to race with him one more time to uh, to to basically say okay, you'll be the bike and I'll, I'll be I'll be the run. Let's go. And then all we need now is a swimmer and we'll go in and dominate. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really sweet. But yeah, no. life's funny like that. Life is funny like that. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it off of that. Uh, probably for your second episode. I think I'm figuring out how to actually restructure all these what how and why questions so probably for your second episode you'll get your why question why are you running uh, but for the moment i think uh brandon alaska's you definitely shared a lot of information that i truly enjoyed listening to it was great talk without a doubt so i guess i'll just end it with that yeah, thanks a lot sal yeah yeah well as i always say Ladies and gentlemen, friends and listeners, thank you very much for joining and listening to On the Run with Sal, the podcast where we correlate philosophy and running through a good conversation. A personal thank you to my guest, Brandon Velasquez. Brandon, I I truly appreciate your time here and and your presence, and I cannot wait to go for another 12-mile run with you. Wait, I get presents? (laughs) Yeah, you get (laughs) presents. I love it, man. For all my listeners out there, I truly appreciate you listening to this. And I hope you get to, you got to enjoy this conversation. And I hope to see you next time.
See As you always, on the bonus reel. See you on the bonus reel. Adios. Okay, now so we can talk about the real thing. Oh, yeah. Best taco places in... <laughs> oh, it's still rolling. No, I can't tell them my taco spot. <laughs>